Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you this morning. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you? Doing fine. Good. Thank you. Good. All right. Got some news today, and yeah. uh, we have some plans some uh, to talk. News, uh, you know? We have some plans to talk about the uh, chairman of the and CEO of Pfizer because he's been, you know, talking and misinterpreted, and but he doesn't sound like he's quite as optimistic and powerful. But he's also planning for new stuff. Oh, what the yeah. hell about it? But before we get into that, I want to mention here because this is a little bit newer than that. Yeah. Uh, and that has to do with uh, what the Republicans are doing. Maybe the Republicans, you know, the Republicans were always better in opposition than yeah, they are okay. when they're in charge. So maybe their opposition here is doing good. Uh, and uh, they re- released some. Uh, uh, some emails and dealing with, uh, you know, COVID and dealing with Dr. Fauci. Yeah. It doesn't look good for that Dr. Fauci. He he could get into trouble. Maybe maybe they're catching on or maybe it's part of this whole thing and maybe he'll have to, you know, uh, get away from a sinking ship because the Democrats are looking like they uh, aren't so strong when it comes to uh, uh, the treatment, uh, uh, you know, for COVID. But uh, the House Republicans, this is on front of Lee Zero Hedge, released damning Fauci emails suggesting concealed knowledge of lab leak. Can you yeah. believe that? Yeah. You know, I think we've heard about that, haven't we? Yes. We've uh, even talked a little bit about that. So that uh, that looks like uh, we'll, we're going to hear a lot more. I, I don't even think the regular media can ignore this part, yeah. you, know, you know, talk about it. And you made an observation that... Uh, that, uh, you know, there's not many Sunday mornings that Fauci doesn't get one or two or three uh, big interviews. Yeah. And you, you say he probably didn't have any yesterday? I didn't see any yeah, on Sunday. That's yeah, that's it. But, so that may be part of the, uh, uh, you know, the pr- problem that the Democrats are having and, and, you know, spinning their efforts. Yeah. Well, it is interesting. And, you know, from what the, the House Republic, Republicans on the House Oversight Committee sent a letter to the Health and Human Services Secretary asking for transcripts of a meeting that took place in February of 2020. So that would be at the beginning of the pandemic where Fauci and also Collins, remember Collins, who went these are the two who colluded to disparage the Barrington Declaration. But anyway, that there were several emails suggesting that Fauci and Collins were concerned and may have known that it originated in a lab and leaked from a lab and also that it might have been genetically manipulated. Um, So they want to have more information, but as more leaks out, uh, as you say, it looks like Fauci might be in in hotter water than it seems on the surface. And and this has been the assumption of what's going on here. I'll just read from the article. It says excerpts of the emails. It revealed that Fauci was warned of two things, the potential that COVID-19 leaked from Wuhan Institute virology lab and the possibility that the virus was intentionally genetically manipulated and then they they, they end that by raising the question but we don't know whether he did anything yeah you know uh, well we, we, he certainly didn't tell us about it yeah you yeah know, and he, he's, i think he's on record for denying any knowledge whatsoever yeah uh, from, of gain of function hearings. yeah no he called senator paul a liar so <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see. see what happens. Okay, I want to talk a little bit about Pfizer because, you know, when the chairman of Pfizer board 
uh, speaks out and then raises some questions. But uh, he does raise some questions, you know, the, the effectiveness of what's, what's going on with, uh, with the vaccine. But he, uh, he also is, I think his main goal was really promoting some more, more medications. You know, if something isn't working perfectly, don't, they have something else lined up. And, uh, but, but, you know, I think credibility eventually will be undermined because everything that we've talked about, especially over the year or two, uh, and even in the last week or two, others have joined in that uh, that things aren't going well and uh, people, the, virus, the vaccines aren't really being effective and people still get sick and, and all these questions and the questions of uh, just uh, the value of this uh, uh, vaccine. And uh, some people have reported that the vaccine actually makes it more dangerous yeah. uh, uh, for, uh, for, for when exposure uh, to the variants. What's fascinating is this is Pfizer's CEO. If any of us just a couple of months ago would have said what he said yesterday, we would have been banned from social media <laughs> as misinformation. Well, let's go to a couple of things. And first, we've got to give Jordan Schachtel some uh, full credit for this. He wrote about it yesterday. This isn't after an interview that Albert Borla did, uh, I think it was on CNBC, talking about his shots. And Jordan wrote, after once claiming his shots are 100% effective, Pfizer CEO now says two COVID shots offer very limited protection, if any, against COVID-19. Let's go to the next one. Let's refresh back to April. This is what was promised on April 1st. Albert Borla, CEO Pfizer, excited to share that updated analysis from our phase three study with BioNTech also showed that our COVID-19 vaccine was 100% effective in preventing COVID-19 cases in South Africa. 100%, he exclaimed. And here is that same CEO yesterday on TV. We can't have the clip because they pulled it for copyright, but here's what he said, quote, two doses of the vaccine offers very limited protection, if any. Three doses with a booster offer reasonable protection against hospitalization and deaths, but less protection against infection. So you go from 100% to basically they're worthless. And the question that I have, Dr. Paul, is if two shots of a certain substance give you zero protection, why would a third shot all of a sudden magically give you that protection? It might backfire on them. Yeah, I guess wonder. I mean. <laughs> and that was followed up uh, immediately after that quote. He said that in the context of pushing for, uh, you, you know, the CEO was saying, in, in context of pushing for a new round of shots yeah. for the <laughs> Omicron uh, variant. You, you know, uh, I wonder if they're in business of making money or something <laughs> like that. But they're always selling something, and uh, they're very pleased that the Republicans and Democrats, when it comes to funding, have rolled over. There's been no hesitation whatsoever on spending endlessly. So uh, I think that uh, it's vaccinated people. Yeah. So uh, I think that we can, you know, uh, assume that the uh, Democrats are uh, getting held uh, held to the being responsible for so much of what's going on here. Yeah, yeah, it is, and, and it's. Uh, I mean, you see the narrative imploding. It's incredible. And our second story actually is related, and this is something we did see on Zero Hedge. Um, Urgent reset needed, quote unquote. Democratic insiders come forward to admit the Biden administration has gone backwards on COVID policy. Now, there are some dumb things in this article. 
But the point is there is recognition within the administration that things are not going well, the messaging is terrible, and the narrative is falling apart. Yeah, I, I think the, uh, the politicians, the Democratic politicians are realigning themselves, but the media, uh, they are realigning themselves too because they're, they're on record of saying some pretty dumb things, just like you mentioned, if, if we had said that, we might have lost all our privileges, our, you know, our <laughs> rights, and hardly a Republican. And um, also people are, are, you know, probably scurrying around for, uh, maybe they have a desire to not have their reputations ruined. Maybe it's sort of, you know, I didn't really say that, and, and they're covering their bases. So there's various reasons why they, they do this. But the big thing is the, the Democrats are, are put really in a corner on this, and uh, they, they don't have an easy sense. But they were defying, you know, and they did it in the name of, the people that disagreed with them were anti-science. Yeah, it, yeah. it turns out they may well be uh, not telling the truth, and they're the ones who are anti-science. And you know, you know, uh, I always figured the truth will come out, but maybe if it's coming out now and there's an explosion this week in new information, I would say it came out a little bit before I expected. But yeah. it's going, it's going to build. But the Democrats are going to get more aggressive as well because uh, you know. But what what are they hanging on to? January sixth. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, I would think that Republicans haven't hardly touched that at all. The fact that the Republicans weren't even allowed to see any film. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so that that's a mess. I, I don't know how that the, they can get away with uh, only having that as the issue when we starting to read about uh, what went on with uh, Fauci. Yeah, I'm going to shut down the virus, not the economy, is what Biden said, and then he went on to say continuously say, and this is in the article, this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Well, that's also fallen apart. That's what happens when you rely on bumper stickers. Let's look at the next clip. This is from the article, and it has a couple of important things. The graph is important, but it says, uh, the current policy now seems to be shoot from the hip combination of bad knee-jerk policy based on early pandemic response and deadlier strains, uh, and the new policy, which doubles down on vaccination against a new strain, despite its far more mild presentation and vaccine evasion. Remember, we were talking about just a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Paul, we can just leave this up, that they were saying, this is gonna be a dark winter of death for the unvaccinated. Meanwhile, the administration's last desperate argument for getting vaccinated, quote, to avoid serious illness or death, end quote, has been very clearly rendered moot by Omicron. And this is a chart where you see the cases have gone unbelievably through the roof. That's the blue line, but the red line shows that deaths, thankfully, and we've had a few weeks of this so we would know, has not increased. Deaths, thankfully, are flat, essentially, while cases go to the moon. Politically, they have desperation. Uh, if, if they wanted to tell the truth and reveal this, there wouldn't be this sense of desperation. But there is a desperation now in the people who are managing the hospitals. Just, just remember the insanities of closing down beds, and then there's a bed shortage, even though they couldn't defend it by more cases or more deaths. And they, uh, they, 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 were, they were desperate. But anybody who had any question, you know, the medical personnel, if they had had a, oh, you, you have to be quarantined. And it wasn't five days, it was a lot longer. Yeah. And then people got disgusted and discouraged with it. And a lot of people left and all of a sudden there's a shortage of medical personnel. Yeah. Now, now they're saying, oh, well, we have to change that a little bit. And uh, they say, well, if you have a positive test, 
uh, please come back yeah. be because we need you. And they, it should be not out of desperation and uh, you know that type of stuff. It should be out of common sense because a lot of them should have never been fired. They didn't want to go. And a lot of the ones that quit, uh, all, all they need to do is reassure a lot of people who just quit, uh, who feel like, like we've talked so often, the medical personnel uh, traditionally generates a lot more natural immunity than the average person because they've been exposed yeah. to this. And uh, everybody knows you could have this without being real, real sick. But no, they don't even want you tested, yeah. you, you know, for natural uh, immunity. And uh, now, uh, the doctors are invited to come back and try to save themselves. The doctors that actually have it and are positive, they want them back after firing tens of thousands <laughs> of people who may have had natural immunity but didn't right. want to have the vaccine. Well, here's um, uh, Matt Walsh, who's kind of a gadfly, and he's talking about, as we talk in the larger context of the narrative falling apart, here, this is, he, may, he, he sums it up pretty well, Dr. Paul. He says, yes, the media and the CDC waited until midterms under the Biden administration to acknowledge that vaccines don't stop the spread, cloth masks don't work, lockdowns harm children, and not all deaths with COVID are deaths from COVID. We talked about that yesterday. But the timing is a coincidence, <laughs> I assure you, which is funny. And the, the other thing that I want to put on is a short clip from this, the CNN doctor. She's the famous one who was the most extreme about get your vax, get your mask, stay home, stay away from people. Uh, really an extremist, almost a comical figure. Now she is turning against the CDC, which she once worshipped at the altar of. Let's watch, I think, the 30 seconds of this. Uh, Dr. Wen. There is a real crisis of trust with the CDC right now. And that doesn't just affect trust in the CDC, it also affects trust in public health because normal people, everyday people, are not distinguishing between what's going on with the CDC versus what they're hearing from local and state health departments. And when the, when the guidance from the CDC doesn't make sense, local and state health departments are having to come up with their own guidance, which sometimes looks like it's contradicting the CDC, and that makes it look like all of public health that we don't know what we're doing. And so I really hope and to me, Dr. Paul, this looks like rats leaving a sinking ship because she was at the vanguard of all this hysteria. And now she's saying, you know, don't blame me. It's the <laughs> CDC's <laughs> fault. We're seeing a lot of that There's lately. There's going to be a lot of it. That's right. Everybody saves their skin. When, it, when they think this is the popular thing to do and the political thing to do and it's going to hurt the opposition political system, then they, they, then they jump on the bandwagon. But then uh, they, they deserve to sink in ship. Yeah, <laughs> really, yeah, really they good. do. So um, I'm just ready to talk about the L.A. Times, okay. one of our favorite. I uh, know, no, they're not one of our <laughs> favorite newspapers. But there's a columnist over there. I guess she leaned left a little bit. And uh, she, uh, she was uh, wanting to write an article and has been writing an article. And the, the people who are really the guilty people are the anti-vaxxer. Yeah. You, you won't take it. Even if you have a stronger medical defense than all the people who are passing out these vaccines that uh, right now seems to be in questions, you know, the effectiveness and the safety and the costs and all that and people still getting sick. So, uh, but the vaxxers, the vaxxers are the guilty party. And therefore she was, uh, I guess, asked to write an article. And, um, and she, the title of this article is LA Times columnist says, mocking anti-vaxxers deaths is necessary. Yeah. That means if, if, you, if you happen to what really they love, 
is if you say, you know, on principle, uh, medical principles, on uh, principles of liberty, uh, we shouldn't have to take a vaccine, and so they refuse to take it. They just delight in the fact that if that person could get sick and die, they have the strongest information ever. That that, that in itself is sick, yeah. you, you know. And uh, so much of this stuff has caused mental illnesses. Just think of the, the problems that the children have having. A lot of people yeah. now, and taking their 13-year-old kids and putting them in the trunk of their car, they have to be a little sick too. But th this is sickness too, to think that, that there is absolutely no sense of responsibility or decency that say, oh, this is a worthy sacrifice. They shouldn't have said that. And uh, never asking the question, I wonder if what the individual was saying was true, or should you delight in somebody's death just yeah. because you disagreed with them? That's, that's pretty bad. And that's, that's sort of a, a pretty good example of how we have deteriorated socially uh, you know, in the last couple of years, because this wouldn't have happened two years ago, but this, uh, this uh, animosity has been generated, and I don't think it's just an accident and got out of control. I think there's been a lot of deliberateness to get people angry at each other and doing these things and promoting these things just to create more antagonism and more chaos. And now <clears throat> there's chaos in the medical field this is to the point where they have to beg the doctors and the nurses to come back, uh, e even though they uh, still might be positive uh, and for the reason that they were sent home to begin with. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. And let's actually, let's skip ahead to that last clip and we'll put up the clip. This is the tweet from the author himself, Michael Hiltzik, his name is. We can skip ahead to that last one. Um, the, the column was titled, Mocking Anti-Vaxxers' Deaths is Ghoulish, Yes, But Necessary. And he wrote the article about this very attractive young woman with a big future in politics. She was the assistant DA in uh, Southern California. She was, I think, 36 years old. And she was not an anti-vaxxer, regardless of how he wrote. What she said was that people should have a choice and you shouldn't force vaccinations. Well, she died. She had a blood clot. They said it was a, it was a, uh, a, a COVID-related death. She had a blood clot and died. And this guy literally, in the, the original title of the article from the URL was, We Should Dance on Their Graves, which is even worse. But this guy writes an article laughing at the death of this young woman because she died of a COVID-related blood clot. And this, you're right, this shows the sick mentality of people like this, of Hiltzik. Um, literally, he wants people to die. And so wishing death upon an unpopular minority, in my mind, is a Nazi mentality. Yeah, it sure is. And do you have another point to make right now? Because I have another one. I wanted to talk about Austria, which is sort of a little tidbit. Yeah, no, go ahead. I, I had, a, I had a, a couple of final things to show. Okay. But yeah. uh, let, let me just mention this because it caught my attention yeah. because of the stupidities, part of the disease that goes on yeah. and the fear-mongering, like, like the point we made the other day about uh, the mother didn't want to get sick. That, there, that was a twisting thing yeah. where the mother was so concerned about her health, she was willing to stuff her son, 13 <laughs> years old, Jeez. in a trunk of a car. Insane. Well, there's been a lot of use of uh, masks that have been so, sort of silly seeing the individual walking down the beach nobody on the yeah, beach insane. with a mask on and uh, this one has Austria and Austria hasn't done very well in protecting or even understanding what liberty is all about because they have now a regulation that the skiers uh, ha have to wear a mask and uh, 
they had a picture of that. It looks really yeah. stupid. Yeah. You know? And I would say there's a, there's a lot of fresh air up there. I doubt if anybody's going to cough in their face yeah. and with, with an active case of COVID up, up in the mountain. But that, once again, Austria makes, it, makes sure the outdoors still have to wear it. I guess you have to have a, a lot of skiers up there policing them. You know, that's important. <laughs> it's, it's good for business. And, and uh, there's a lot of people that uh, don't want to go back to work. Maybe they'll go back to work to be a policeman <laughs> and police these people that don't wear these masks. Well, it's probably a good idea to wear a ski mask up there, but not because of COVID, <laughs> yeah. because it's cold. I want to do a couple of tidbits, Dr. Paul, before we close. And if we could go back to that uh, Wall Street Journal article it's like three or four before it's a, it's a cover. This is something that came out yesterday and it's fascinating because it's written by two very prominent people. Luc Montagnier, he was the winner of the 2008 Nobel Prize for discovering the HIV virus. And Mr. Rubenfeld is a constitutional scholar. They wrote this fascinating article saying Omicron makes Biden's vaccine mandates obsolete. There's no evidence so far that vaccines are reducing infections from the fast-spreading variant. And we show this every day, Dr. Paul, that that's true. But here's a quote that's fascinating, and it references a study. Now, this is a renowned um, Nobel Prize-winning physiologist, doctor of medicine. Let's look up that next clip from the article. This is a link from the article. This is them in the Wall Street (coughs) Journal. If we can make it a little bigger. Um, The little data we have, and this is on the Omicron and the vaccines, the little data we have suggests the opposite. One preprint study, and it links to it, found that after 90 days, the Moderna and Pfizer vaccines no longer had any statistically significant positive effect against Omicron infection. And this is what's unbelievable, Dr. Paul. And after 90 days, their effect went negative, i.e. vaccinated people were more susceptible to Omicron infection. Confirming this negative efficacy finding, data from Denmark and the Canadian province of Ontario indicate that vaccinated people have higher rates of Omicron infection than unvaccinated people. That's a bombshell. So what you're saying from this quote and and the evidence we have, it it didn't help. So they they didn't get their protection. They didn't get what they were, were looking for. And it's not even saying, well, we didn't know for sure but it's neutral. It's just standing there. They took it and they didn't have any major reaction. Yeah. But what they're saying now is it can be a lot of negative reactions and, and make you more susceptible to getting something to getting wrong. It, yeah. and, Talk uh, about irony. And some, yeah, and you know, a lot of common sense would prevent this. A lot of uh, non-bureaucratic medicine could prevent it. I still say that the real culprit is the loss of personalized medical care where the patient already knows along with the doctor what the potential dangers are and they're up front and and they make their decision. That's still, they they try to do that, you know, superficially. uh, They say, well, there's a law that was passed that said that if uh, you're dying of cancer and they have a a, a drug that they're just still testing, you get it with the patient and the doctor and they sign and, they, and they're not claiming it's a cure. That's not what's happening yeah. here. This is deadly in the sense that if you don't b- believe us, you're going to lose your job as a doctor. Yeah, yeah. So th- this is terrible. So uh, that's, uh, that, 
has to be reversed just as we have to reverse the attitude about uh, people's understanding about natural immunity and we have to get people much more excited about you know watching out for the deadly effect of uh, vaccine passports yeah because that that is outside of medicine that's inside the political system and the political control of the people there's there's where the ma- most danger exists yeah well my, my final comment dr paul really is sort of a summation of everything we've talked about today and that's that, that next uh, tweet, if you can put that up from Michelle Walensky. It's right after the, uh, what we just had. Uh, and this is really fascinating because this is Walensky yesterday. Quote, we must protect people with comorbidities from severe COVID-19. I went into medicine, HIV specifically, and public health to protect our most at risk. The CDC is taking steps to protect those at highest risk, including those with chronic health conditions, disabilities, and older adults. To which Nick Hudson replied very aptly, oh look, the CDC just signed up for the Great Barrington Declaration. Essentially, everything she tweeted there was the Great Barrington Declaration, which our viewers will recall that Fauci and Collins colluded behind the scenes with to discredit it and calling its authors fringe scientists. Now it's being literally openly embraced by the CDC itself. Yeah, and you know, here, here's an individual that changed his mind, too. He belonged to the UK task force. He was the chairman of this, and he had a change of heart. And uh, he says, let's soften our stand. Just treat it like flu. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Nobody will notice. So, so the attitudes are changing, and we know politically they are as, as well. Yeah, well, I'm done, Dr. Paul. <laughs> Well, I want to thank our viewers once again for tuning in. We've been getting a lot of attention and uh, interest expressed in uh, what we're doing and trying to get information out. And people are really looking for the the, uh, the, the, the main, the plain truth of things. We we don't have a monopoly on that. We know a, we we know we don't, and that makes us more objective. And that's why this this situation should it's not like we know exactly the answer for vaccines we know the exact answer for what you must take it's we know one thing at least i know with certainty that we should solve our problems voluntarily we should have voluntary exchanges and no coercion that that is the message and that's what people like because uh, there's a much better chance of us coming to a reasonable uh, you know, answer. And right now we've lost that in medicine. Uh, it's just starting to shift to allow people to say, hey, maybe, maybe I should uh, have, have more to say about it. And I think this information we revealed today about Fauci, uh, he's gonna lose credibility. He deserves to lose credibility, which means that individuals deserve and should have more responsibility. We just hope some of the doctors who have co- converted to the bureaucratic doctor will wake up and say, look, uh, what we have to do is we have to practice medicine and we have to have a discussion. We have to have debates among ourselves and we have to look at the research and we have to get to the point where there's no immunity. You know, I'm not talking about natural immunity or vaccine immunity, no immunity for the pharmaceutical industries. And I'll tell you what, things would change rather quickly because they would be responsible and all of a sudden they would be much more cautious. Right now, 
today I reported a head of Pfizer comes in and he says, well, things aren't perfect, but we have a new one. We'll, we'll give you a new uh, vaccine. We're working on that. Uh, so that that is not good medicine. And uh, so we're delighted that we find viewers out, uh, out there that are interested in this and are, will help spread this message because freedom is far superior than authoritarianism. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.